0: Welcome to BBC's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website at ballonvineyard.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. commissioning birthday. Uh, Three years ago we were commissioned on Pentecost Sunday uh, to to lead this church. It's quite a big day for us. It's like our little spiritual birthday and uh, Pentecost Sunday is all about the birth of the Holy Spirit on on the earth through ordinary believers like you and I and the launch of the church. And so for us to get commissioned on Pentecost Sunday was uh, such a privilege and to see where we are now. Uh, just three years later, is, is amazing. We, we just want to continue to do uh, what Jesus has, has asked us to do, which is to, to create an environment where, where people can come and know and experience the love of God and the power of God. Um, we, we've been uh, in the middle of a, a series on the story of the kingdom, and today, the, the last few weeks and the, the next few weeks, we're going to look specifically at the healing ministry of Jesus and healing. Uh, Did you watch Royal Wedding? Royal Wedding? (laughs) Um, uh, We were just thinking, if you want to learn how to preach, (laughs) watch Bishop Michael Curry's wedding sermon. Uh, One of the most... uh, Imagine an audience of between one and two billion, and to hear hear the gospel being spoken about Mm -hmm. in that way was, was amazing. And he spoke about love and fire it was great I were, we, we have a phrase in this church which is the awesomes and the awkward uh, if you saw the royal family there's a lot of awkward moments just with the royal family particularly there was one moment with Zara Phillips where she just looked what the hell going on that's great and um I hope, I hope I can give my best today as I talk about healing power um we're looking at the last few weeks and the next few weeks. How, uh, how Jesus, he clashed with the kingdoms of darkness and the kingdoms of sickness. Darkness and sickness. But he demonstrated this love and power or love and fire. Uh, and the power of a new kingdom that he was established. Uh, in the last three years, I know we've got work to do. Haven't we? Uh, we live in a post-Christian society where probably 90% of the population don't know and love Jesus. So our task is great. Um, And so what we want to do is, how do we play our part? And the Apostle Paul argues in Romans 4, that in any circumstance, any issue, any challenge, any problem, we should always ask the question, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Well, any issue problem that we have, what does the Bible say? And so I'm hoping to look at what the Bible says about Jesus. Uh, About this living, experiencing the 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 Holy God, and how He demonstrated healing power, and what uh, what reference that has for us. Uh, Viv and I—we've grown to, we love the church. Uh, And if you're here, we believe the church is a hospital to mend people, a spiritual place where people can come and get mended. So if you're here, maybe for the first time, you just need a bit of mending. You need some spiritual health. We believe that the church is a hospital for you. Uh, We believe it's a family to love one another. Uh, We also believe it's a school to train people up, to train people up in the way of Jesus. Uh, But also as an army to forcefully advance God's kingdom. And So I don't know which one of those we're going to look at today, probably all three of those. Uh, But today, uh, maybe in the next slide, I just want to give you some facts, really. I'm going to give you some healing facts and numbers Uh, from the Gospels to try my best to describe why Jesus and what Jesus was motivated by when it comes to healing. Um, What's clear to me in the Gospels is that Jesus practiced healing. It's one of the things that he did. He practiced healing. Wherever he went, he ministered healing to hurting people. Um, I I found it fascinating that there are Just around thirty-seven distinct instances where, um, where there was physical or mental healing, that were recorded in these four gospels. The the text also mentioned that he 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 innumerable cures that took place during his three and a half years ministry. Many many of the references that they talk about healing of large numbers. Uh, The gospel often repeatedly repeatedly says, refers to the multitudes. It talks about multitudes. And there were multitudes that followed him and observed him. But there were also multitudes that were healed by him. The, the New International Version doesn't really uh, give it... It employs this word many, or crowds, but the Greek actually... It, it doesn't do it justice. The Greek is actually multitudes. Thousands, tens of thousands that were around him. And so it's estimated that Jesus healed more than 100,000 people were healed during his three and a half years. Um, and this is what John... John, who was first-hand experienced, he was a disciple of Jesus, uh, he was the brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus. And he says this in his... Uh, in, uh, in, in John, in John 12. He said, Many other signs, therefore, Jesus, Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which were not written in this book. But these have have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in believing you may have life in his name. There's something about these 37 references to healing that were important for us to have. And then he goes on in John 21, he says this. And there are also many other things that Jesus did which if it were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books which were written. Nearly one-fifth of the accounts in the Gospels are devoted to Jesus, Jesus' healing ministry. That includes all the circumstances, all the methods, the laying on of hands, there's some weird stuff about Jesus spitting on the ground and making some mud and chucking it someone's eye. Uh, there's people that came to him to receive healing. The people, he just spoke the word. He wasn't even in the, in the room, and he spoke the word, and the person was healed. About one fifth of the Gospels talk about it. the effects on the patients and, and those that are looking. Uh, and so over the years, I've, I've sought to look and pray and meditate on why these 37 were used. What was it about the 37? Why, out of all the tens of thousands of healings that were taking place, why did, why did the Holy Spirit inspire these writers to put in these ones? What was it about these ones that had a particular reference? And I, and I believe it's, it's just, uh, as John says, that, that these have been written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. There's a pulling. There's something about these 37 that pull us towards Jesus. Um, I don't know, quite know yet which one I'm going to talk about because all 37 are really, really fantastic. Um, so we'll just see, see what happens. Uh, what I want you to do, though, is as we as we talk about Jesus healing particular people, you may you may be here this morning and you might need some healing. There might be some references that Jesus uh, that we hear about Jesus healing that refer to you as well, and I I want to encourage you to, because Jesus has done it once, he can do it again. Uh, Let's go to the next slide, Tony. So, I just want to reference quickly, um, there are more more healings than than this brief list, but I wanted to give you a sense of the diverse nature of the way Jesus healed. Um, I came in this morning and as soon as I walked in, my back of my neck is really, really sore. And I, I don't have neck pain. I don't have any back problems. Is there anyone here just this morning? You have, you've got some neck pain just about here or across your, your lower shoulder. Is there anyone here? I believe that Jesus wants to heal you. Jenny, anyone else? Back of your shoulder. What's the number pain out of 10? Nought, there's no pain. 10, there's excruciating amount of pain. What's the number, Jenny? Three or four. Three, four. Um, Adrian, would you just put your hand on the back of the, her neck? Adam, would you also just pray? So, we believe the same Jesus that performed these miracles 2,000 years ago is, is alive and well. wants right. to. Perform yeah. the miracles today. So, we release a healing power of Jesus into your neck right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And we release the Holy Spirit, Amen. that Amen. same power and fire that was released. Yeah. Bless you, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Just do me a favour, Jenny. Just move, just move your neck. So it was a three, what is it now? It's the same. Okay, let's keep praying. Just as we speak, we're just, just going to keep praying. Jesus, he healed all kinds of, all kinds of issues. Um, the first healing that, that was recorded was in um, Mark 1, where the, uh, the demoniac uh, came to him. Uh, and the writers, they, they list the sick and the demonised amongst the multitudes that were also healed. We've also got skin diseases. Uh, there are a number of references to leprosy in the Bible. Um, this, this, is, this is one One of the thirty seven. In Matthew 8 it says, And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. This is what, this is what I want to kind of get... From this, What was Jesus' response? How did Jesus treat people who were, who were sick? So a leper comes to Jesus. Now, lepers, it was commonplace in a Middle Eastern uh, culture for, for lepers to be around with skin diseases and problems. And they would be shunned from the community. They would be cast aside. And uh, anyone, someone came near to them, they would have to back off and shout, unclean, unclean, to let the people know that they were unclean. So they weren't part of a community. They were always isolated. They were always the isolated people in the community. But I love the faith of this leper. Where he he almost, he hears about Jesus. He hears the stories of Jesus. He hears the multitudes being healed. And something in him said, if I can just get close to Jesus, he will heal me. And so I don't know how he sort of found his way to Jesus. And this is what his question was. Lord, if you're willing... You can make me clean. Just imagine Jesus. Just imagine the crowds around. This man, the crowds would have known. They would have seen what he wore. They would have seen his face maybe or his hands. And Jesus, what he does, he stretches out his hands. He touches him and says, I am willing. Be cleansed. Be, the, the Greek is, be sozoed. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was healed. His leprosy was, was gone. Uh, and so scholars, they believe the leprosy was a generic term for all kinds of skin diseases. Mm. All, all kinds of skin problems. The same Jesus wants to heal you, you and I. Uh, immobility. Uh, th- th- this is common. Uh, so, so myself, I've seen probably hundreds of people healed. And this is probably one of the most common ones that uh, I often get asked to pray for. Uh, and, uh, pain in, in legs, joint pain, arthritis. Uh, other examples were where Jesus healed lameness, palsy, paralysis, other sort of crippling infirmities. During January, February, I'll often pray for people who've been on skiing accidents. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm walking around Balham and I see someone with a crutch, I'll say, been skiing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so how did you know? <laughs> years. Uh, another one, fever. And then we've got blindness. Blindness, again, was another common complaint in the Roman world. We have the stories of the, of the man born blind in, in John 9, Bartimaeus in Mark 10, uh, the man brought uh, to Jesus at Bethesda at the pool, and on and on and on. There's lots and of, lots and of, lots of things there. Uh, visions, any, problem, any people who've got problems with vision or eyesight problems or blindness, Jesus wants to heal. Um, uh, my boy, uh, he went on a youth weekend about two years ago and he just got given prescription glasses. And he went on a Christian youth weekend, uh, it's called DTI, the thing run, and he came back not needing the glasses. Wow. Mm. God healed him of his short sightedness. And um, I'd love to see God heal. We don't often talk about, can God heal short-sightedness? Or long-sightedness, can uh, we? We talked about back problems. A few years ago, we, we prayed, for, prayed for a girl who had back pain. And uh, I asked her, have you had your legs tested? Have you been to chiropractor? And she said, oh yeah, one leg is longer than the other. And so I, I, I sat her down and I just, we, we looked at her leg and uh, when we pray for people, we've often seen, seen healings where God has lengthened legs to make them equal. Uh, and she was just over six foot. And I said, Do you, would you like Jesus to lengthen your leg? And she said, could he shorten it?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I, I would like to be a little bit shorter, if possible. <laughs> um, and so he did. <laughs> I'd never I've never thought about that. I've never thought like I'd always assume because everyone you, you asked, would you like Jesus to lengthen your leg? Like, yes please, I'd like to be a bit taller. So now I just ask people, would you like to be taller or shorter? Because <laughs> he's done it once, he can do it again. Uh, what we're discovering, there's a thousand different ways that Jesus meets a thousand different people. Yeah, yeah. And he meets your need and where where you where you need him. Let's go to the next slide. Lost the clock. Okay, I've got lost time. So, uh, we're going to just move on really. How did Jesus heal? As I've looked at these 37, 38 uh, examples, there are two common things I just wanted to sort of leave with you. Um, compassion. As I, as I looked at each of these, he, he, these examples in, in the Gospels, this word compassion kept coming up. But Jesus was moved with compass- compassion. The Gospel writers often introduce Jesus, Jesus' attitude to the sick as one of compassion. We read in, in Matthew 9 where he had compassion for the crowds, where he had pity on the two-blind be- beggars. Right from the outset, Jesus' compassion is highlighted <coughs> as, as a main, as a primary motivating factor in the way Jesus does ministry. I love the way Jesus interacts with people as well. It it communicates how he feels about people. And he would often ask questions. So with the blind man, he would say, do you see anything? Or the garrison demoniac, he said, what's your name? Or the father to the boy, he, he would say, how long has he had this? To Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, and what I also love is Jesus often, frequently, directs people to, to get medical proof. And he was positive about the work of physicians and doctors. Mm. And there are some examples where the leper came to him. The ten lepers. And the, he, he said, go and see a physician. Back to that leper who came to him. <coughs> Jesus said this, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses has commanded as a testimony to them. He would often direct people to get evidence. Uh, the first time, I, I, I came across this uh, overwhelming... Uh, two, two stories, really. As a young 20-year-old, I, I just knew to faith, and I would pray some really stupid prayers, like, Jesus, give me your heart for the lost. Um, I really I Give me the, help me to see the way you see people. Give me your eyes of compassion for people. Um, really dumb prayers because <laughs> I will be on. Uh, in about 20 years ago, I would listen to this song by Kevin Prosh called "Even So Come," and it would just, it would just. I would just play it on loop. If you want to receive a heart for the poor and you love worship, play. Just look up Kevin Prosh and um, just get on your knees and uh, I dare you I dare you to say give me your eyes Jesus give me your eyes of compassion and so I would I would often just go sit and watch people in uh, sounds a bit freaky sounds a bit weird actually (laughs) I'd be praying I'd be be in a a conference or on church Jesus give me a heart for the lost and then I'd go to a coffee shop and I'd say, Jesus, give me a heart for the lost. How do you see these people? And I would pray. And there was one time I was in Cafe Nero in in Bannum here, just sitting on the breakfast bar, I'm still a breakfast bar. At it was the only coffee shop 15 years ago, Ballam. <laughs> 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 what happened? It's like 30 an now. And I would just, I would, i be on the store, and I was just looking out the window, just watching people, just praying for people as they walked past, and just saying, Jesus, do you want me to go and speak to them? Do you want me to go and speak to this person? And I suddenly became aware of a lady who was sitting next to me. And I, I, I suddenly thought, oh, maybe Jesus wants me to talk to this lady. And I was kind of trying to figure out how do I start a conversation? How do I, what's the, the line? And I, and I felt Holy Spirit saying to, to me to ask her, have you been waiting long as well? Because she'd been sat there for about t- 10 minutes as well. I was trying to figure out ways of saying it. Have you been sitting here long as well? Have you been sitting here? Yeah, all of that. So that took about five minutes to pluck up the courage. And then I then I asked her, you, you know, how long have you been waiting? Have you been waiting here long as well? She said, Yeah, 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 I'm just waiting for my friend. And then she asked me, Who are you waiting for? And then, uh, and then my that's when I began to learn a, a phrase that I, I'll often say to people, uh, this is going to sound a bit weird, and that this is my opening line to most people, um, but I'm a, I follow Jesus, and I've been praying and asking Jesus, who does he want me to, to talk to? And so I said that to her. Yeah. And uh, so I said, is there anything you would like Jesus to do? And she began crying, yeah. and she described how she'd just come from St. George's Hospital, and being di- diagnosed with breast cancer, wow. and she was sit- she sat there with just tears in her eyes, waiting for her friend who was going to come and console her. And she said to me, uh, "Did God do this?" Did God do this? Is it because I haven't been going to church? Did God do this?" And I suddenly realized why I was there. I was like, "No. God hates cancer. He hates all kinds of sickness." Yeah. He, he only loves to heal. He, he's not a God that brings sickness. He's not a God that he does that. He's a really good God, and he maybe he wants me to be here to tell you he didn't bring this up. And so we, we sat and we prayed and we cr- cried together. and after about five, or 10 minutes, as she was crying I was crying. You now this is probably she was in her mid- '60s. This, this woman is I was in my. Late 20s. So it looked a bit weird. And um, and then I suddenly became aware of another lady who was had arrived. And it was her friend. And she just looked at me. I had my hand on her shoulder and she was crying, I was crying, and she said to the she said to the lady. Everything, everything okay? And she said to me, who are you? <laughs> so another awkward moment. But I, I came out of uh, Cafe Nero and I began uh, hating cancer. I hate cancer with a passion. And I began feeling this, this thought and this compassion that I'd never felt before. Uh, and a compassion that it moves. Compassion is a motor. It's not pity. Pity doesn't move you towards people, but compassion moves you towards people. And I suddenly realised some of what Jesus, a tiny bit of what Jesus experienced about compassion. So I, I want to actively get ourselves involved in compassion. And so Viv and I, as we leave this church, we almost uh, provoke individuals in the church to in to compassion. And so if you want to stick around in this church, we will motivate you and help you to see people the way Jesus sees Not that you don't see people the way, but we want to involve ourselves in, uh, in people's lives. Uh, I loved what Bishop Curry said yesterday. He was quoting the great, the great Clarence Jordan. He was a New Testament theologian. But he was also a southern farmer from America. And I love that he was a southern farmer and a New Testament scholar. I love, I love that idea. And he said this, Jesus founded the most revolutionary movement in human history. A movement built on the unconditional love of God. And the mandate to those who follow to live that love. I just want to say, love is the way. We pray, we love and we go. It's as simple as that. We pray, we love and we go. If you want to be involved in compassion, if you want to get Jesus's Heart of compassion. His eyes compassion. Pray, love people, and then go. Okay. Second one. Faith. Faith is the most recorded quality connected with the impartation of healing power. If compassion was pr- one of his primary motivations, Jesus, his love language is faith. Anyone done the five love, five love languages? Uh, God's love language is faith. God's love language is faith. Uh, Jesus seemed to be able to heal in the presence of faith. We think about the examples where he was not able to heal in, in Nazareth or his own, his, own, uh, his own town. He wasn't able to perform miraculous signs because of their lack of faith. He was... And Jesus was specially moved by the great faith of the centurion. He observed... I love the story where he where um, he saw the supernatural faith of the stretcher-bearers as they ripped open the roof, the hay. They just ripped open. Because again, like the leper, they thought, if I can get close to Jesus, if I can get Jesus to touch uh, this, uh, the paralytic man, he will be healed. Other examples are the blind man. The hemorrhaging woman, her faith. And I, I just wanted to land on that story i read, read the story, sorry, the slides don't show the story. five uh, again a lot the NOV the NOVs NIV, calls it the large crowd let's say a multitude mm. let's say thousands and thousands of people were following and pressed around Jesus and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, "If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed." And immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once, again faith. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around. Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, there's loads of people touching you. The crowds are all around you. And yet you asked who touched me. But Jesus looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. One of my favourite stories of Jesus. Again, this idea that... This woman who's suffering and bleeding, hemorrhaging and bleeding, she just thinks, again, if I just come close to Jesus, I don't even need to touch him. I can just touch his cloak, his cloak, his cloak and she'll be healed. That act of faith moved Jesus. Uh, and so often, uh, often he required, Jesus required, those, uh, those that he prayed for to perform some kind of act of faith. Stretch out your hand, he you might say, to the man with the wood of hand. Um, go wash. Go show yourself. Uh, and so we, we get people to test them out. How are you doing, Jenny? More or less the same. More or less the same, okay. Uh, sometimes Jesus needs to pray more times than just once. Sometimes you have to pray again and again and again, and we'll, we'll continue to pray what, and so when I pray for people, I tell stories, testimonies, uh, of when I've seen people healed. Because what that does is it kickstarts starts faith in me. And um, hopefully with the person suffering. What I then want to do is thank God. And uh, those two things seem to help my faith. Okay, let me, let me come into land, and then we'll, uh, we'll pray for some more people. Let's go to the next slide, Tony. So we've got these four aspects of Jesus' life that I just want to focus on. So you had this incredible relationship with the Father. Incre- incredible. I've stressed it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to... What we, do, what we do on a Sunday is we won't give you the full package. What we want to do... It's to give you springboards for your own faith. Yeah, it's uh, so for me, if you want to look at the relationship with, that Jesus had with the Father, if you want to look at it twice, <laughs> um, just read the, read the Gospel of John. Yeah. The way it's described, it's this Gospel that talks about Jesus' relationship with the Father. Um, uh, number two should be his relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, if you want to discover that, look at Luke 3 and 4. And you'll see some of the relationship Jesus has with, with the Holy Spirit. Luke 4.10 says, full of the Holy Spirit. Then goes on and said that the Holy Spirit led him. And then later in that chapter, as he reads his mission statement, uh, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And so, um, so number <coughs> two, his relationship with the Spirit. His prayer life... Um, Let's skip on, up on that. Prayer is utterly important. It was the vital relationship between the prayer life of Jesus and the power in his ministry, both in teaching and in healing. Good preaching, to some extent, uh, can be developed through sound principles and doctrines and homiletics and communication. Uh, but, the aw- but the awesome demands that there is of ministering to individuals I believe, can only be met by an active and believing prayer life. Um, learning to use this weapon of prayer in healing ministry uh, is one of, one, of the, one of the things that I, I can't stress enough. Prayer and fasting. If, you're, if you have a kind of a leaning towards healing, I would encourage you to fast. Um, I, uh, I, I know in my own <coughs> There's been things that I've seen that happen that I can only describe happen because of the prayer and the fasting that I've, uh, I've undertaken. Okay, I need to move on. Okay, let me just land on this and then we'll, we'll do some healing. Jesus Jesus' motivation for healing Jesus' motivation for healing uh, was not only his love for them, but his, his hatred of the forces that abound and bind men and women, you see his rebuke, not on the person, but on uh, in terms of dealing with demons, uh, or or even with healing. Sometimes he would speak uh, to the sickness as if it was a demon. Uh, uh, John John Winberg. He was the founder of the Vineyard movement. He wrote so many books and papers. And he was influenced by a theologian called George Eldon Ladd who, uh, and his writings on the Kingdom of God. I, I, I looked up, in 1984, John, was te- John Wimble was teaching on a Signs and Wonders conference. And he, and he said this, he said, Jesus' underlying attitude that the de- was that the demon-possessed and the physically ill were under the influence or control of an evil power some evil source, maybe demons, Satan, something destructive and and uncreative. The very opposite of the spirit that seemed to have gained control or at least a partial influence over the person. Since Jesus, by his very nature, was opposed to this power and hostile to it, his kingdom attitude was that he wanted to bring it under subjection and in that way free people. Jesus was bringing a new kingdom. He was demonstrating that there was kingdom power to to break powers of of darkness and sickness. Jesus healed because he was opposed to anything which bound and enslaves people. Uh, And I just want to say this. Jesus has got utter contempt for sickness. He's got utter contempt for sickness and disease. But he's got extreme compassion towards people who are suffering. I'm going to say it because this is in my notes. Be like Jesus. (laughs) Be like Jesus. Connect with your Father. Develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And I love what Bishop Curry said. If you can't preach like Peter, you cannot pray like Paul. Just tell the love of Jesus who died to save us all. I want to add something to that. If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot pray like Paul, Just show and tell the love of Jesus who died for us all. As a church, we want to learn how to show and tell. Uh, I love what Paul says. He's not a man of persuasive words, but he comes with a demonstration of power. The kingdom of God is not of words, but of power. And uh, and I believe that that's one of the ways that we demonstrate the love and power of God to and to bring life to London and beyond is through the healing healing power of Jesus Mm. so shall we show and tell thank you for listening to this week's podcast tune in next week for another life giving message from one of our BBC speakers